But I do know that I believe in in me and my people, our people, everybody so much that if we can change our programming, then we're going to realize that we have the power within us all along. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome, everybody, to another episode on your Badass Journey podcast. Today, I have a special guest for you, Julie Tran. Julie and I jump into immediate conversation around how not only did she build her business leading AF, but also what it took to ignite her desire to build her own path and help lead the path for other Asian females to really step into what it is that they want and how they can show up in it every single day. Leading AF is a community that develops driven Asian females into the future leaders by dismantling deep cultural conditioning. She introduced the words to me or the the format. I didn't even know about this, that there's a bamboo ceiling to break through. I personally have broken through glass ceilings, but I didn't even know a bamboo ceiling existed. And so we really dive into that. And I'm sure you're going to learn a lot and witness a lot now going forward after hearing today's dialogue. Through Leading AF, she conducts coaching programs, practices, live events, and believes in the true sisterhood of breaking through the bamboo ceiling and how to move forward together. But not only is Julie an amazing entrepreneur helping others step into their greatness, she's also a foster mom. And her foster sons are what actually ignited her to develop the career and business that she has today and continues to help her grow in her journey, not only to becoming an amazing mom to them, but also how she can help other women integrate it all and do the same. So if you'd like to follow Julie and connect with her, she is at Leading AF on Instagram. And as you listen today, go ahead and find her on Insta and follow her. You can also check out her website at www.julieleadingaf.com and connect with her. You know I love to hear from you as you're listening to the show. Feel free to send a text and message me, post a picture on Instagram that you're listening and let us know what questions you have. If you want to text me directly, I'm at 917-540-5782. You can go ahead and um, send your questions that you have or even what you took away from today's episode so that we can continue the dialogue and I can continue to bring amazing guests like this to the show to help answer your amazing questions. Well, without further ado, let's jump into today's episode and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome everybody to today's show. And you know I have my guest, Julie Tran, on the show with me today. Welcome, Julie. Hi, Kareen. 
privilege to be here. It is so great to have you because I'm super excited of what you are doing with Leading AF. And I can't wait to share you with listeners because of the focus that it has. So why don't you go ahead and describe first how you came to deciding upon launching Leading AF and what your um, mission and purpose is with that business. Sure. I'm going to take a long answer. I'm going to Go really shorten it. it. Yeah. Because um, I mean, it's just so many different things in my life I feel has led me to this point. But what I will say is I was at a space in my life where I was in a... I don't want to say rut. I guess I'll say rut. But I was unhappy with my job. Yeah. And I wasn't confronting it until um, my foster sons came into my life, which you know we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. But what I what I did at that time was I created space for creation. I was so burnt out for a long period of time. I was just surviving. And I created space just to think and just to like feel alive again. Um, and it was in this space that I was looking for inspiration and um, came up with a few ideas about what to do next. What's my next step? Uh, and this one like really made like my body tingle all over. And you know how it started was I was looking around and I was so inspired by how at a time like this, like we're at a historic time where women and people of color have never been more supported to rise into global leadership, right? And it's not perfect, but nothing ever is anyway. So we can forget about that. But I was also struck by how disproportionate the Asian representation is. Yeah. And it made me I don't want to say disappointed or sad, but I, I knew that this was there's a, a gap here. And it got me to examine my leadership journey and ask myself, like, what held me back? So, you know, I worked in my previous career, I was a managing director of a real estate investment company. And I, I was in a unique position where I was super supported, super supported of um, rising and being a powerful, um, visible leader in the industry. But for me, I was like half in and half out, right? And so I looked back at that and I asked myself why that was. And it was so clear that so much of it has to do with cultural conditioning. So, and I felt like if I was experiencing that and so many other Asian people, Asian women are feeling the same way, they might not have recognized it yet. And so that's what inspired me to create Leading AF to solve that problem and bridge that leadership gap. And what I like to say is to just, Mash the bamboo ceiling. <laughs> yeah, that's right? beautiful. So, yeah. So if like people aren't familiar with what the bamboo ceiling is, it's the this an extra layer of ceiling that Asian people have right before the glass ceiling. So especially Asian women, we have to we're contending with the glass ceiling in corporate America, and on and right below that is this this cultural conditioning that tells us effectively that we should be a certain way, i.e. we should be small. And until we break that, we can't even get to the glass ceiling. So that's the mission of Leading AF. It's to empower driven Asian females to step powerfully into leadership positions and into leadership in general with authenticity and ease so that we can together blast this bamboo ceiling. I love it because anything that is about busting through obstacles, I am all about. And I love sharing these type of topics with my listeners because I believe, you know, in our society, we have methods of conformity of how we're meant to show up and we don't give enough opportunity 
to figure out what is the best way to show up and what is yeah. the best way for who's in the room and uh, how to leverage their skill and how to help them rise. And it's so cool that you are creating a, a way for a specific demographic that might not yet have had the care and the consciousness and the guidance to bust through the bamboo ceiling in order to... And hopefully the glass ceiling will not be behind it either. You'll bust through both. Mm-hmm. I, and no one bust through both. Totally yeah. bust through both because it's really important to really embrace who you are, what it is you truly desire and go after it. So how would a, a company recognize whether or not they they have a bamboo ceiling and they're not even really sure you know, to even figure out how to dialogue on it. Like, are there ways yeah. that in leading AF that you're also creating the communication path? Because that is that is something that in everything that I've had to strive for, for breakthrough, help my clients do the same, a lot of it is a foundation of communication once you're clear on the end goal you're trying to receive. So I'm just curious, like, are there identifiers or ways we can help employers realize that there's actually a bamboo ceiling <laughs> before the glass yeah. ceiling? Um, that's a great question. The, to me, I'm, kind of, I'm going it from the, the other angle, right? I'm going yeah. it from the personal, the, the person level and the individual yeah. level. Because I know that we actually, this isn't complete and nothing I say is ever like, you know, the truth with a capital T, but... I know that if we take on as a collective people, take on the responsibility, right, of developing ourselves personally, then we together will be able to break this bamboo ceiling. Because how can wait on the structure to change for us, right? We're yeah. going to be 90 years old if it's even going to be, you know, moved 20% for us. So, like, we're not waiting that long. But I do know that I believe in in me and my people, our people, everybody so much that if we can change our programming, then we're going to realize that we have the power within us all along Yeah, to change how we perceive the bamboo ceiling and be able to reconstruct it and tear it down so that it just doesn't exist. And all of a sudden we're just, you know, on the path to creation. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great because when you also were describing the cultural response that that showed up in you feeling small or or living small, like that's how you just previously described it. It made me wonder what are the actual what's the mindset what what what's happening in your mind that would make you not say something when you wanted to say something or you know are there like cultural habits or the conformity to belong in that culture that then when it comes to business and then you're in a more diverse group of people who have maybe a little bit more open or accepting type of behaviors that you realize there's a difference. Is there a few of those just so we're super clear on like what small meant to you? Yeah. You brought up a really good example, right? Like moments where you didn't want to speak up, right? And I think about this all the time because especially earlier in my career, there's so many times where I'm sitting in a meeting and I have a, a really interesting point to make or, or a good question to ask. And then I practice it perfectly in my mind. So it's like the perfect words come out. And then my moment comes and nothing comes out, right? Yeah. And looking back now um, into you know, um, younger Julie and you know, sometimes even you know, elderly Julie, <laughs> um, 
But looking at back at it now, like the voice and the conversation that was going through my head was, um, you know, am I smart enough? And am I experienced enough? Um, and what if I what if I what I have to say is wrong and it'll make me look bad, right? So all this conversation about that boils down to self-doubt. And here's a classic one though that's um that is uh very prevalent in the Asian culture is, um, you know, do I even fit in Mm. because I'm a woman and I'm Asian, right? Like that's happening in the background. It may not even be conscious Mm. happening in the background. And all of this is telling us that we are different and we are good enough. And so when we're walking around with this internal dialogue that we're not good enough, what we're always trying to do is proved to ourselves and to other people that we are. Yeah. So that's going to behind, be behind everything, the way you speak, um, the way we listen to people, right? And so, you know, how it shows up later on in life, like for me, is even though, you know, I had this voice in the background, you know, telling me that, that uh, giving me that self-doubt, um, I worked through it. And I, I use that fake it till you make it model, which, you know, I'm sure your audience is, everybody is very familiar with and it got me a lot of success but i never felt organic in it right and that's what stopped me later on in my career when i had i had all the support like so if i if we solve for the support the question i ask is would you would you still take that would you still take that leap would you still rise to be that leader that you you know that you say you want right and so Having in my support and if you had the support, if the structure was there, would you take it? What I'm solving for is, is that resistance to saying yes. Mm-hmm. And so that voice, I never dealt with that voice that told me I wasn't good enough until yeah. later on in life. And then yeah. I did. And then I realized that that was what was missing was, was dealing with that voice and understanding and accepting me for me without having any attachment to proving myself through working hard or earning a certain amount or looking a certain way, if I could just be good with me stripping everything away, then, then I have the freedom to take risks and to do what I want in life. Another part of your question, I think, are what are the element or what are some of the, the characteristics? I think you might have used a different word, but of you know the our culture that that causes us to believe, to have these beliefs about ourselves, right? And um, the three of the classics are, they're very stereotypical and, um, you know, but they're true for the most part is working really hard, right? Being selfless slash humble and respecting your elders. Mm. Okay. So those three qualities are amazing and they're such a big part of the fabric of who I am and the fabric of my culture. But at the same time, what, what we don't examine is how those same qualities can create the bamboo ceiling. Because what it tells us is that we have to hustle for our worthiness. We have to work so hard just to prove our worth. And that in the, in the being selfless and humble um, category, we're not advocating for ourselves. Like we'll do all this work and never take the credit. 
And I did that for the longest time. And I'm like, that's crazy talk. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? I mean, like, and like just the thought of even advocating for myself was like, oh my God, that's like too braggadocious or like whatever. Right. And then respecting your elders, right? This is a really important one because I mean, I, my, and I understand why it's there because our parents sacrifice so much. Like they risk their lives for us to be where we are. You know, my yeah. parents literally almost died at sea, you know? Yeah. And so of course, like um, that's a huge thing. And they, they, they are owed every respect that I can give them. At the same time, it conditions us not to question authority, mm. not to question our managers. Yeah. And so we become these like chronic people pleasers. And, and my philosophy is if you're living your life so worried about um, what other people are thinking and you're so attached to trying to please everybody, how are you going to be a leader? Because a leader is completely, a powerful and inspiring leader is completely authentic and self-expressed. And you, and by being a people pleaser, you forgot who you are. Like I forgot who I was. No wonder I didn't want to step up and take this big role. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you've brought up so many different topics. It's it's very common across multiple cultures. I think totally. it's not just um, in in the uh, AF arena, but it because yeah. a lot of what you said I can identify with too. I mean, I'm a I'm a daughter of immigrant parents as well, and I um, had similar you know value system around me and how we are trained to show up in the family unit. Uh, I think there's a... And then the posturing also, the fake it till you make it, like you just said, in the business world, because a lot of us didn't know how to show up in other people's systems and you want to just earn your check. You know, you want to make sure you get paid and recognized and then you figure it out once you're in there. And then... And really, I think um, self-awareness and self-care and the ability to be willing to really look at yourself, especially if you're going to step into leadership roles, you need to master yourself first. It's what I train people on all the time and I share all the time. It's like self-mastery has to come before yeah. you can master anything else. I love that. And yeah. the, what, what, I'm, what I'm hearing this format and the, the business that you're launching is all about, it's really to create the safe space for that exploration for self self-development that moves into leadership development that helps create the dialogue in certain environments that might not yet have um, the ability to uh, give you the opportunity to navigate, but for you to actually create that opportunity in the environment you're walking into. So all of this skills learning is going to be phenomenal for the community that you're hyper-focused on. Because I know also as the more leaders we breed, build and create in an authentic way, it has a ripple effect on who they are leading and how that shows up in business and in communities and society. And it's really cool that that's your focus because it's coming from your own journey, which you know the show is all about. I uh, What I would love to hear though is like now that you've launched Leading AF and you're thinking about the impact you, you know, the mission impact that you have, what would you say is one of the obstacles as a startup Leader, right? Like this is your own startup. You're doing it. You're putting it out there. What are the one of the obstacles you're or or challenges you currently are facing that you're seeking assistance or kind of your own growth spurt on to make this the most fun adventure 
that um, you could be on? Yeah, great question. So it's interesting because as I'm launching Leading AF, I, I think about the strategy and I think about how I want this organization to what I want the messaging to be. And it's so much about, about Asian women shining their light, finding their light if they, you know, have if it's been dim or have haven't been risk- discovered, and shining it so bright that it gives permission for everybody else around them to do the same. And I think that just has a huge ripple effect um, and has the power to uplift our entire culture. And as part of doing that, I made a decision that I'm going to be like the poster child for this, for this mission, right? Because if I'm preaching this, then I need to be able to walk and talk it too. So I anointed myself as Asian Oprah. That's right. Hashtag Asian Oprah. Love it. And what is that going to take, right? That's going to take me getting out there and being highly visible and speaking, right? And I speaking publicly is something that I had massive anxiety over, right? And I and but now I wouldn't consider myself like a big speaker, but now I speak, right? And something that I would that I am working towards mastering on is just having that just being just feeling like completely authentic and me on stage. I don't want to act. I think acting is a pain in the ass and people, there are professionals who do that, not me. (laughs) Right. So that's why, and I'm working with, I'm working with, with, uh, somatic healers. um, Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Because I know it has so much to do with like what's in my head and connecting that to my heart and feeling. Yeah. The energy and the frequency that flows through your body. And and I had another guest on, we we talked about that topic. So I'll make sure to put that show in the notes too. So people can understand that beautiful value you're getting. So that's awesome. So aligning with your frequency, yeah. finding your voice from the stage. Exactly. And, just, and feeling like like me. I don't want to feel like anybody else than me, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the, my biggest challenge. But I'm excited because I know that it's going to be just super fun and and it's gonna be a huge learning experience to for me to embody the best version of myself. Yeah, and I think it's great because what you're actually going through with which a, a lot of people face, I would say, when, especially when you're hitting the, it's it's the struggle of the art of achievement versus the art of fulfillment, right? And I always lean towards fulfillment. And and fulfillment obviously comes from that self-worth story that we tell ourselves because if we don't know what fills us up, we don't know what's worthy, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're when you're now on this journey of fulfillment and you found your grounded self to know that you're what you're not gonna do, the fact that you're designing an arena for others to step in that you can shine your leadership you know on as well as show them how and take it to the stage. I like it's gonna be so cool to continue on your journey with you, Julie, because you're gonna be so impactful for so many women out there that need this. But also, it'll have that amazing ripple effect with everyone else in their life as a mother, as they stand in a relationship, you know, as they actually go and build and groom other leaders, actually, as they search for that next best opportunity to make sure that there's an aligned value system with their choices. Like, you're yeah. going to help them discover all of that through leading AF. And it's just so exciting to. You know, be talking to you at the beginning of of how it's been going and the impact, um, but also you're sharing your journey is the best way. I always believe in leading by example um, mm-hmm. because 
it is it is instant proof. You don't have to talk about what you did with your clients if you're the one that actually went through it yeah. yourself, right? <laughs> like you're your yeah. number one. <laughs> and and it, that's exactly why I feel so passionate about it because I feel like if if this you know girl who came here when I was one years old straight from the refugee camp of Malaysia who grew up on food stamps and who struggled with anxiety like crippling anxiety yeah. for like fifteen years probably ten years diagnosed um, who can who like could barely get out of bed some days because I just didn't think that I had any value, right? Mm-hmm. To the point where like, I gave my, myself permission to quit my job, to, to start a company that nobody asked me to do. Nobody gave me permission, right? I just anointed myself and I just anointed myself as Asian Oprah. And if I can do that... And I went from having chronic fear of public speaking to now speaking publicly in large groups. And I'm, it's not easy, but I'm committed to my mission. So I'm doing it. And if I can do that, then so can anybody out there. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I hope all you listeners are hearing. You just have to step forward into what it is that you want. And if you're unsure, the support is out there. There are coaches and trainers and especially programs and and communities like Julie's Building. It's, It's really worth it to step into those environments, get the support you need, and really go after what it is you want. This is your life. Like you're you're the master of your own domain. You choose how to show up. And even if it's about breaking old habits, just like yeah. Julie said, because I believe the conformity of a belief system that we're raised under doesn't necessarily have to be what guides the rest of our life if it doesn't feel like a fit on the inside. And how you know that it's not a fit on the inside is because what you surround yourself and who you show up for is not a fit. Like it, it actually puts you out of whack, makes you question who you are, makes you feel devalued, makes you feel super small. So I think it is so important to really hear what Julie's sharing with us today and what her mission is, but also to know that it's completely possible for you. Yeah. As you're listening and you're feeling like, oh, you know, there's an area that I feel like I should work on, go, go seek out that help and work on it. Because I guarantee mm-hmm. on the other side is a whole bag of fulfillment. That you'll be loving to carry around versus the you know the less than mindset or feeling that you're not worth having that life you dream of. I love what this a- conversation, Karine, with you because like every time, like every like sentence that you speak, I'm like, oh yeah, and I like I have so yeah, many things to jam with you on. But like that last thing that you said, um, there are two things. Um, one is is like you know knowing you know if this is right for you or not, right. Um, the one thing I'll say um, that's really important, especially in the Asian community, is we've been conditioned to um, suppress our emotions, right? And that's what I did. I was in my head for like 35 years, yeah. and and um, the there's a there's a danger. I'm just gonna say it. There's a danger to that because because you're you're just not listening to yourself. <laughs> you're putting yourself in situations and doing things just to conform to society, like you said. And it's not, it probably 90% of the time is not right for you. Yeah. And so my, my one advice for your listeners and especially um, your Asian uh, AF listeners out there is to, to just rethink what you believe about emotions and rethink if you believe that it's not something that's productive or valuable, I would challenge that. 
Yeah. Because for me, that was the access that got me to where I am. It's to not suppress my emotions, but acknowledge it and understand it. Because what I understand is underneath all your triggers is your belief that you're not good enough. Right? Yeah. I mean, I was taught... I was taught similar in the culture I, w- I was brought up in where when I would have like an emotional um, reaction, like wanting to cry or whatever, I was told to swallow it mm-hmm. in, in, in Arabic, in my, in my language. And it's something that for the longest time, having that at a young age, being told like my emotions weren't being heard or accepted, I didn't feel like I had the right to own them and to really express it because I had to swallow it. Yeah. And swallowing it. And, you know, and if you do do any sort of healing work, I had to do a lot of healing around my throat chakra to get the words out. I mean, I have a freaking podcast right now. I'm talking my ass off all the time, right? Like, it's like, it's like, you can't shut me up. I try. I try. You're making up for last time, you know. (laughs) Well, once the gates are open, but I'll tell you that for years, I was quite silent. I would just listen and have the conversations going on in my head, totally different than the actual circumstance. So, very relatable what you're saying. And I love that you're giving permission to challenge it because yeah. that, that is the number one thing I started to say too. It's like, is that story mine or is that a story that was told to me that I started to believe? Mm-hmm. And when you start to believe something that you know isn't a fit, it shows up in dysfunction all, all over, whether it's in your body, the relationships you have, the job you're in, what you say yes to is a reflection of what you believe. And so I love that that is the tool kit you're sharing here because I think it is so worth it to have that breakthrough moment and then decide, okay, now that I know that that's not what I want anymore, how do I actually change it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think that people have a... How how people are going to challenge that, right? Is, well, like that, does that mean that you should, you know, just if you feel... Like angry or frustrated, you just act angry or frustrated. That's not really the point of what I'm saying. You know, mm-hmm. the point of what I'm saying is like just understand that that's how you feel. Yeah, expressing it may not be responsible, so no, <laughs> don't express it. Too, you know, but just recognize that that's how you feel, and just like get to the bottom of why you feel that way. And like you said, like question your beliefs, and and going back to worthiness and like you know getting coaching or whatever or learning so that. You can just grow and um, and and find your fulfillment. I think that's it's to me that's so fundamental to self love. Like I know, like self love is a term out there that is like cliche and blah blah blah, and it, it and it resonates differently depending on where you're at, right? Yeah. But um, but to me, like it's just so fundamental to self love is being able to to take a look at yourself and to recognize that like. Hey, I have something to learn here. And instead of me like getting defensive because now it's attacking like my self-worth or whatever, try it on. Yeah. And then you'll be amazed at how you can go from this like, you know, this like shy Asian girl to like Asian Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, one of the one of the ways that I know you're also your heart is so Oprah-esque is, you know, in your passion for foster care and how you've actually expanded your family. And so I would love to just shed some light on that too, because it's a topic that um, I believe needs more conversation around. I actually, one of my flights recently, I watched the movie Fostering, which was a really great documentary on seeing how messed up the system actually is 
for a lot of these foster children that are just stuck in the system because of circumstances of their their parents and the society that they they maybe were brought into. And so I would love to hear your experience becoming a foster mom and really you know what made you decide to go into fostering how how has it been going like let's share that part of your yeah. journey as well all right i'm sure you see my, my tissue box around here somewhere <laughs> but um thank you for for asking me this question um i just uh one of my life's mission is to spread awareness on foster care and i think that that part of the problem is that we just don't talk about it as a society and when we do there's this negative connotation. And the impact of that is people, normal everyday people are not thinking that, oh, maybe I should consider being a foster parent, right? Even if they're going through the adoption process, it is not even on their radar. And I know that because I went through the same thing and I wasn't even on my radar. But yes, yeah, so, so just going back to, to my journey, um, my husband and I were trying to have kids for the longest time. I'm one of six kids and I always had this vision of having a large family and having six kids of my own. <laughs> um, and everybody in my family is completely fertile, right? So I never thought I had an issue. Um, but we struggled with IVF for like three years. And um, and we got to this point where we're just going to do it anymore. I mean, it's so emotionally and physically um, taxing. And then we started looking into adoption. Um, the traditional route, you know, newborns, and it's a very odd process because you're like choosing. It's like a menu, and it's it's really weird. But anyway, we started the process of doing that, and um, while we were doing that, um, we went to this this leadership personal development training uh, program that I'm a big part of. It's great because you hear all these amazing people get up and give them <laughs> give you or share their stories. Some of the people who shared were former foster youth. And something just clicked with us because we were both there together. Something just clicked with us. And we were like, wait a minute, how come we didn't consider foster care? I mean, we're looking at adoption, but how come we didn't consider foster care? And I mean, like immediately we were both like, let's do it. (laughs) Because like if we, you know, if we're trying to build a family and we have the opportunity to be of service, then like, why not? And I'm not saying like, you know, why not? As in, this is an easy thing because it's not right. But for us, it just felt right. And, um, and we, we said yes. And then we just started like doing all the research, what it takes. And what it took was a, a 10-week training. And the training, is, the context of the training is just like learning how to... Learning like what types of trauma you'd be working with in right. being a foster parent, right? And we did that. And we got several calls about placements. And it was funny because even though like we were ready, like we weren't at the same time, you know, because we, we, this is, we've never been parents before and it would happen like literally overnight. And we didn't really have a specific idea of like the age and how many kids. And so we couldn't have, our house wasn't prepared. Right. And then we got a call about, uh, we got a call for two boys and I was like, I'm so busy at work right now. And, and we were only, you know, signing up for one. And so like this, like, I don't think we can do it. But my husband, um, he is so great. He goes, there's always going to be a reason to say no. Let's be unreasonable. 
and say yes. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. I got chills from that. What's that? So, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. I mean, every time like, I think back at it, it gives me oh, like that's humming, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So we said yes. And um, and it was like complete chaos. <laughs> and I have to say, like, it was unsurprisingly, it was really hard. And we knew it was going to be. Um, because you're dealing with like not only have you have we never been parents before, but we're we are parents of two boys that have been malnourished mm. and with trauma. And they're just things that you know, normal parenting. I mean, I don't know what's normal anyway, because I've never been a normal parent. But, yeah. But they're they're just more, there's just more stuff, right? And I was and between that and working my full-time job, I didn't have maternity leave to work for a small company. And I was trying to balance it all. And they were still, they were very supportive of me, but I was like feeling like I was letting everybody down. I wasn't present at my work. I wasn't present at home. Um, but I would say about like five months into it, things started clicking. Things started clicking. And um, we, we figured a lot of important things out. Um, and in particular, how important it is to create space for yourself and to recharge. Yeah. Yeah. So as this process now has expanded your family and you have this amazing learning of the, the, you know, the, the value of the foster care system for these kids that are just misplaced really. I mean, that, that, that's a very simple way to say it. And, and anyone listening who has either gone through the system um, or even is maybe even in the system, I have listeners of all ages, but I, I, it really strings like it pulls up my heart. I also heard a statistic recently that majority of our homeless homeless stats are from kids aging out of foster care, and the yeah. fact that there is no care even at that age or system or society that's welcoming them to just show them skills training and like help them acclimate and get the trauma care that they need. And so it's just so beautiful that you two have opened up your home and now you have these boys and you know your family unit and I also I also feel you 100% on the IVF struggle cuz I went through it myself and it was like 4 years mm. of straight up heartbreak and and almost like physical I I I mean I like my mind would go into like this is physical torture to be yeah. pricked and prodded at for months with and spend money out of an account and have zero results Knowing now that that on the other side of it as well, it took me a while to heal and like be able to even talk about it. Right. But I would say that the the foster solution for family building is something that a lot of people just really don't know about. And I'm curious for you, those who are maybe scared, right? Like they want to bring and help bring children into their homes and just be that conduit for them, conduit of a healthy situation. What is something that you would share with them or tell them based on your experience to um, explore? I would tell them that if you believe that whatever you believe will be true, if you believe that you can do this, you can, because you'll find a way to make it work. Yeah. If you believe that it's too hard, you'll make that true. So I would ask your listeners to just stand in, just evaluate this. It's not an easy decision. And I would also say the answer doesn't have to be perfect. I was like on the fence, but like, but like give yourself the space to take a leap at the same time. 
and stand in the possibility of what you can create and what a difference you can make. I think I answered your questions in like three different ways, but I'm going to add one more. Yeah, go ahead. Which is that people think, people say to to us all the time that um, our boys are so lucky to be with us. And it's it's like kind of not like I have trouble receiving that completely and authentically because I feel so lucky, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because they've given me so much more than I could have ever that I could ever give them. So yeah. So that's what I would want to share. Yeah. I mean, you know, the listeners can't see Julie right now. I can and and it welling up with tears of joy. <laughs> I'm just like the journey that she's been on to make her family life whole. And and it's true. I think luck actually has nothing to do with it. I feel that you've chosen to open up your home. You're showing the world how you show up. And these boys are 100% valued in that household. And to me, that is actually how living works. You're yeah. actually creating the life that you design by all means necessary. Yeah. And on top of that, also being superhuman and, and putting yourself in a challenging situation, knowing that you'll figure it out yeah. as the time goes on. And there will be challenges just like there are with any relationships. Any, any household right now who has children in it is being challenged. <laughs> like, right. like That's just parenting. <laughs> yep, that's just parenting. <laughs> that's just parenting. Yeah. yeah. How the family unit comes to be, so many different variations of it. Yeah. And, and you know, it, what, what just came to mind with, as you were talking was, um, you know, how leading AF came to be has so much to do with my foster experience too. So even if, you know, you have listeners out there thinking I could never sacrifice so big, understand that everything is part of your journey. And it's not, and if it's, a, it, it sacrifices something that you're doing without getting anything in return, I think, I don't know if that's a correct definition, but that's how, come, that's, that's how I think of it, but it's really not a sacrifice if it enriches your life and it's given you so much more. And I say like for, for them, what it's given me is this this like deep belief to my core that I can figure anything out. Yeah. <laughs> and and secondly, and more importantly, is that I see can see firsthand how somebody can come to you damaged, right? Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm I'm saying damaged in like air quotes. How anybody could perceive them as being damaged. And understanding that if you are committed to giving them the love and committed to um, helping them grow right in a safe and loving environment, and you continue to learn for yourself how to be there for them and hold space for them, that and that they can grow into like thriving boys who are totally different from when they first came. Yeah. It just gives you, I just I just believe so much that that anybody no matter where they are, has the capacity to transform their lives with the support and with the tools. And we are giving them the support here, right? And it just so happens that we're giving them awesome tools too because I'm a coach. Right, exactly. Right? So I have a lot of the tools in my back pocket. And I'm, and not only do I... And I, I didn't have these while they were here. Like It actually inspired me to be a coach, right? And I'm learning new stuff every day. But you know what the message that I want to spread out there to especially the coaching community is that I believe that coaches actually make exceptional foster parents. Mm-hmm. We have because the skills. 
They have the skills and they have the the tools. Because when you think about it, you're going to be confronted with with your kids, whether you know they're your biological kids or your foster kids, right? But let's say they're your foster kid and they're saying some things that are like, "What the hell?" (laughs) Right? And it's not their fault. It's just you know what they what they know what they know. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I've dealt with some crazy shit. Excuse my language. It's all good. Um, but as a coach, you actually have the tools to not judge and be present at that moment and really get their communication underneath what's being said. Yeah. Right. And to still come with them from love. That makes all the difference. So, yeah. It's beautiful. I, um, I love the impact that you're having for yourself first in really taking charge of the life you choose to lead it sounds like you also have a great relationship with your husband where you're continuing to grow together. And then now you're actually imparting that on these two boys and maybe more because you said six earlier, girl. I know. I'm I curious. Six, it's going to keep I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> two is plenty for now. Two is plenty for now. Uh, and that's the coolest part though about fostering. I've just read an article about a woman who had 600 foster kids come through her house. Amazing. Which is so amazing. And that movie yeah. Fostering too is just so great to watch. So if you haven't watched that, to just get a little a little bit more insight on the system. Now, those are very particular stories in that particular documentary, but it is such a it's just such good awareness to like really harness the innocence. These children are in a system that doesn't serve them well yet. I do yeah. think we can disrupt it and figure out better ways to get that care and support into the system in general. But it is it is something that when I meet you know women like you and and including your husband because it was a joint effort to bring these boys into your home, and then now that it's almost what a year no six like months four, or fourteen months fourteen yeah. months and the yeah. transformation that happened is still going to continue. And your business was something that has been launched from knowing that living that chaotic work life, trying to balance the or integrate home life and the the focus needed there. I love that it all goes back to the drive of self-worth and the value system you choose to create for yourself. It shows up in everything you choose to do. Yeah. It was really beautiful having you on the show today, Julie, because because I think our listeners not only got some really great tips on how to love themselves deeper, but also have a great example of how to expand that love once they once they really tap into who they are. And so I want to thank you for being on my show today. If someone wants to get in contact with you or learn more about leading AF or even maybe has foster care questions, yeah. how would you like them to connect with you? They can reach me on at leading AF. At Leading uh, AF on Instagram. Yep, on Instagram. Uh, they can email me at julie at leadingaf.com. Great. And then, so listeners, if you feel compelled to connect with Julie, she is available for you. And let's support her on her journey with her new business launch, but also with her family expansion as she continues to share her love as a coach in this world. And I thank you for all that you're doing, Julie, and really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, Kareen. Thank you so much. This has been such an amazing conversation. And I feel like, I swear, like every sentence that comes out of your mouth, I'm like, I know, sister. <laughs> I know, girl. We're going to meet. Your kids are going to be calling me Auntie Kini. I know. Enough. <laughs> I know, but I feel like you just really get it, you know? 
Yeah, you, you, you totally do. I do. I'm with you. you. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity and this platform to spread my message. Um, I really appreciate it and I really appreciate you. Wasn't that such a great episode? I know you got amazing takeaways from that. What I would love for you to do for me, if you can help me extend my reach, is go ahead and subscribe to the show so you get the latest notification and listen before anyone else. Also, if you could go ahead and post your review, your five-star review will help me get other people interested in this conversation and extend my reach of impact. Most of all, I would love for you to share this with your community. It means so much to me to have you as a listener and I would love to connect with you. So if you have any questions you would like me to answer on this show, go ahead and email hello at kareenwalsh.com and my team will make sure that I get your questions so we can get them answered on the show for you. Thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you on the next episode. 